Hey there, Adam from Splendid Sports. Have you ever wondered what the vintage sports card market will look like in the real long term? I'm talking 20, 25, 30 years from now. I am very enthusiastic or bullish, whatever word you want to use about the vintage sports card market in the near long term. So let's say five, 10 years from now. But when you start getting out 20, 25, 30 years, I have some different thoughts. On this episode here, we talk about our thoughts on the real long-term future of vintage sports cards, whether it be what I would call inner circle athletes, like, for example, Mickey Mantle, who I'm a collector of, and my guest Ed is a collector of Willie Mays, who is another inner circle player. So we talk about what does the future, long-term future, look like for players like that, who are in that small select hobby group, the inner circle of the sports card hobby. And also we look at what about that second tier? What about players right below that in the hobby that don't get as much love? Their, their cards don't sell for as high of prices. What does the future look like for them 25, 30 years from now? Will the cards that have always gone up and the players who have always gone up in the past continue to do that even that long in the future? It's a long time away. So it is maybe a little crazy to think that far ahead. Who knows what the world will be like, but we do. In this conversation, again, I really enjoyed it. I hope you will too. Ed, Ed tell me, you're, I'm a Mickey Mantle collector uh, as well as some other players, but Mickey Mantle being my main vintage guy. Yeah. You are a Willie Mays collector. Sure. And we have some thoughts on the long, long-term view of the sports card market for vintage cards. Uh, but first, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background in anything, really, sports cards or wherever, whatever you want to go with it. <laughs> okay, so I'm actually from the UK. Uh, many, many years ago, I grew up as a football fan, as in soccer um, and uh, cricket. Um, my background is West Indian, is Caribbean. So cricket was really a large part of the household. And it's relevant because uh, one thing about cricket is um, when you have what they call test matches, those things last for five days. And short games, uh, you know, internationals are one day. So this really helped me when I eventually I moved to Europe uh, for many, many years. And then I came to Toronto, uh, Toronto, um, and that was about eight years ago. And when I came to Toronto, um, I actually had the patience to watch a full game of baseball when I'd been invited to go there. And, uh, and, and, and I met someone who taught me a bit about the game. Of course, I could, you know, really pick up from cricket as well. And I loved the stats. And uh, then I started to find out about the greats. And uh, Willie Mays was just uh, someone, I mean, he, he's alive, he's around. Uh, he's, he's a big deal. And that person became my kind of vintage uh, hero and I started to collect a few Willie Mays cards whether recent or past and a few of the other greats but yeah that's the, that's my vintage guy uh, you picked a great one to to be your guy I'll tell Absolutely. you that my dad always told me growing up he would say you know Mickey Mantle was my favorite but Willie Mays was the best yep I mean yep. I think a lot of a lot of younger people that are getting into the hobby and that's where a lot of my thoughts kind of originated to have this conversation. There seems to be a lot of younger people who don't really have a great, some of them don't know who any of these players are as far as vintage guys, but yet they're 
in the hobby and some of them have shows and podcasts, yeah. but they readily admit, I've never heard of Stan Musial. I've never heard of Sandy Koufax or go down the line. Some of these guys who maybe aren't as famous as Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. Yeah. Let's look way down the road, 25, 30 years. Okay. Let's look into 2050, the year 2050. Whoa. Well, okay. I mean, first of all, I hope, I hope we're both here. Like let's yeah. just, let's cross our fingers for that. But Let's assume we are okay. Uh, what's what are the what's the long term prospects for guys like? Let's even start with like the inner circle Hall of Famers, the Hank Aaron's, the Willie Mays, the Mickey Mantles, yeah. the Clemente's. Even I would say is in that conversation. Absolutely, Jackie, Ro- Jackie Robinson. Of so course. Guys, what what does it look like? I mean, what again? We don't know anything, but what is our uh, perspective and what's our uh, you know kind of thinking on it? It doesn't mean we know, but what do you think? The market does over that real long period of time well it's it's amazing i was also having a conversation with a, with another collector here in toronto last night very late last night we actually had some cards delivered and uh we were sitting outside having a talk about exactly that now um 2050 is a long 30 years forward we're talking about a whole new set of collectors if someone's 20 now they'll be 50 then their heroes, or even a 10-year-old right now who's looking at their heroes, their heroes are going to be, you know, the, the Shohei Atanis, um, the Vladis, the, the Sotos, and I don't know, Rodriguez. We just had the All-Star game. Their heroes are not going to be my heroes or our grandfather's heroes. It's, ju- it's just so. And their, and their income that they want to spend their spare money on in 30 years' time might not be what we dream about. So the vintage cards of today, I believe, graded or not graded. Well, let's just talk about graded because to, for preservation's sake, um, I see the market is really changing right now, and it's going to continue to change because digital is coming. Um, analog is going to go down. I, I believe this that analog is going to kind of be supplemented by digital, and eventually, digital is going to be something more. I'm not going to say if digital is going to dominate in 2050 or not, but I really see that the cards that we hold in our hand of the greats um, are not going to be um, as probably as loved um, in, in 2050 as they are now. Um, one, because all of them will have passed on um, and they won't be in daily in the daily talks of people in 2050. Um, the way you may, you, you said your father may, may have talked about Mickey Mantle. He was the guy. If my father was really heavily into baseball, he'd definitely be talking about Willie Mays and Jackie Robinson. Um, Willie Mays is, I think, 90 now. Um, he's not going to be around in 30 years. So the cards that I hold dear, um, unless my kids are going to hold them dear, and they may only hold them dear because of me not because of themselves, because they'll never have seen him play. Um, you know, the grainy black and white or even the color, sadly, they won't have seen him play. They may be into the digital stuff um, in 2050. So I see that, and, and, and maybe I should add to that, a lot of vintage has some value, not just because of the greats, but because of collections. When you see a great collection, you know, a 19, 19, let's say 1962 or 61, a full collection, People are collecting those and they're happy to have them. But 
we're talking about a lot of volume in your cupboard or in your walls or wherever. Um, I think in 30 years' time, those people are not going to want to have these volumes of those cards. They'll have new relics. So maybe the greats, the four to, to 20 big greats, those cards are going to hold their value because they're going to be like museum pieces. And they'll still be niche, absolutely niche. Um, but the group of people that are in that niche is probably going to be a smaller group of people. That's my first statement. And I've got some parallels, but I'll bring them up afterwards. There's certain guys, like we'll talk inner circle guys, like Mantle, Mays, yeah. Jackie Robinson, uh, even, well, this is, so this is, it brings up another talk, Babe Ruth. Now we, I want to talk yes. about that, but you know, I wrote down a little list here. It was like nine or 10, uh, Clemente, Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Uh, there, there were some, even some borderline ones, but let's just talk like inner circle guys. Yeah. Um, now number, I've heard a response to that going, yes, those guys are always going to go up. They always have, and they always will even yeah. 30 years in the future. But then I've, I've heard a response that, you know, there's guys like, um, like Babe Ruth, for example, no yeah. one, no one, I mean, there's, that goes back a generation further, right? Those people, there's people now that have not seen, you know, the guys that are collecting him never saw him play. I've never but, seen him play. No one's, I've never I mean, seen no him one play. alive probably has seen him play, right? Yeah. I'm guessing. But there's not a lot of Babe Ruth cards out there. There's only, yeah. you know, the guys we're talking about now played in the, you know, 50s and 60s, the golden sure. era. There's a ton of cards. Yeah. There is, there's cards from every year, um, you know, multiple, sometimes multiple cards in the same set. So there's just a lot more of those cards, whereas Babe Ruth, you know, he holds his value because he only has probably, I don't know, le less than 10 cards that people could actually collect yep. uh, out there. Whereas, you know, Mickey Mantle has 20, 19, 18, 19 years worth of cards, multiple cards in each, multiple, multiple companies. So yeah. there's just a lot more of them that are going to be out there. Uh, we're talking graded cards. I think it, even low-grade vintage, there are a ton more cards that if they were graded, and they probably will be over the next 30 years, that would grade a one, two, three, or a four, right? But yes. people are looking at these population reports of the, of the you know, 1961 Mickey Mantle PSA 3, and they're looking, okay, there's whatever, you know, a thousand of those. Yeah. Maybe that, not, yeah. Are they... Are they, are they taking into account the thousands that are out there raw right now that aren't graded that may get added to that population report over the next 30 years. So definitely the supply for sure, I think is going to really jump over time, especially as, you know, let's say there's someone who's in their sixties now, right. That's a collector yeah. of Mickey Mantle. You know, they're either going to pass all or some of their cards onto their kids, yeah. but maybe their kids have no interest in them. They'd rather have the money. Maybe they don't have kids. There's going to be a lot of Mickey Mantle collectors, Willie Mays collectors that are going to sell their cards, yep. that haven't sold their cards over the next 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, those cards are going to go to the market. So I'm not going to I'm not going to promise that everyone will sell um, and certainly not for this, maybe not for the same values. We're going to see in that respect. Some will go up for sure, because even with more supply, the prices still go up. I don't want to come here and sound like a doomsayer, by the way. <laughs> I'm really trying to. I'm trying to really um, merge myself with the, the younger people, the younger collectors, as well as remembering what it's how it is to be a more a slightly older collector in that respect. Because um, I also work in the AI and digital space, so I've seen a lot of change and 
whether from resisting of people or, you know, people who want to move on. I, I already see that. So I, I think, yeah, it is interesting. There will be a lot of supply coming onto the market uh, relative to now. But um, if we just go back to Babe Ruth, if you don't mind. Yes. Because that's, that's, he's a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, because I think I might have even written something, perhaps on Twitter, about Babe Ruth. Um, we keep having comparisons between Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth, you know, uh, and, and so on. And I asked a lot of people when, I, uh, when I've been in baseball stadiums about what do they think about Babe Ruth uh, when they think of... And there seems to be an age gap where the, the new younger people, let's say under 30, don't want to talk about Babe Ruth because they don't want to say Shohei Otani is the new Babe Ruth because they don't know Babe Ruth. Whereas if you go 30, 40, let's say 50-year-olds, they can kind of hear the, the myth of Babe Ruth and they're like, well, you know, Shahed's on his way to being like that. So I think that, yes, there will be Babe Ruth cards coming to the market, but I think the niche is not necessarily going to get wider of the number of people that want Babe Ruth cards compared to those that want to eventually put Shohei um, rare cards together. So we look at supply and demand. I kind of just talked about supply. I think that the supply of, you know, because there is a thinking out there that like, well, there's just, you know, if you look at the population reports of graded cards from the 50s and 60s, you know, it's probably not going to be that many that get added. Well, there's probably not going to be many more uh, PSA 8s and 9s and 10s being added, right? But Absolutely. I think there's going to be a lot of low-grade, new graded vintage cards coming to that market. So I'm yeah. just saying it now, look, I have a lot of those, right? So I, and I don't plan on selling them. So I'm just saying this from uh, a perspective of if you're, there, there's a lot of people that are entering the vintage market right now. And there's a yeah. lot of talk out there that, uh, you know, especially on social media, that vintage is completely safe as a, even a long-term play. Uh, if that, if that, you know, it, it could be over the next five, 10 years. Yeah. But if, you're, yeah. If, you're, if you're a 30 year old right now and you're thinking, I'm going to buy, all these vintage cards, right? And I'm going to sell them when I'm 60. And it's going to, they always have gone up. So they're going to be worth more in 30 years than they yeah. are right now. That could be, that could happen. But you got to yeah. think about, you got to think about the supply that's going to get yeah. added. And you also have to think about the demand, which you just touched on. Uh, is the demand 20, 25, 30 years from now for, I, I actually have a couple cards next to me because I figured. Let's see them. Let's see them. Here, here's a here's a Mickey Mantle. Nice. Okay. Yeah. This is a 59 tops. Yeah. PSA wow. seven. So the, the reason I, I pulled that seven. one up, I think uh, we also got to think about the card too, because I don't see even 30 years from now, I don't know, but I have a good feeling that the 52 tops mantle is going to be higher than it is right now as far as the value. Absolutely. Of it. Absolutely. I think, I, think the, yeah. I think the even the rookie mantle, the Bowman 51 is going to be yeah. higher. Yes. But cards like this, which is, you know, uh, eight year, an eighth year Mickey Mantle card that is not, you know, I, I love it. And I know other Mantle collectors love it. But yeah. is the demand for this card, there's a real high demand for it right now. If I put it up on eBay, yeah. it would, I don't know, probably go for a couple thousand bucks. It's not 59. That's a 59, right? Uh, yes, 59. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So those, it, yeah. there's definitely, I have no problem selling this right now. And I don't think you'd ever have a problem selling it. Yeah. But in 30 years, I don't know. I don't know if the demand for this card is going to be the same as it is right now. I don't I'm think like, so. Again, I don't know. It's, 
I, I, I'm, again, you've got you you've got the you've got the um, the inner circle the people, and you've got the set collectors. Mm -hmm. I think that if you want to complete the 59 set, there are probably more people around now who want to do that um, than will be in 30 years' time. So, you know, all of those other cards that are outside the inner circle, I think they're, they're going to trail off. They might be, get graded, but they'll trade off, trail off in terms of value. Um, but the 59 mantle, I mean, yeah, it's value-wise, it's, it's going to go down, but I don't think it will go down a ton. Uh, yeah, it's also going to depend on what people think about rookies as well. You know, this kind of rookie rookie chase, and um, you know, if you're like two years past the rookie, who cares kind of thing. I think those values are going to be affected. Probably not going to talk about them right now. I think that's going to make a difference as well because not every Willie Mays card from every year is 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 equal in terms of how people feel. Oh man, you've got one of those as well. <laughs> oh, whoa, <laughs> the original. Wow. Yeah. 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 Got I had it. to show a maze card too. Thank you, thank you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, in, in, in an example, uh, fifty-five Bowman PSA yep. six, beautiful Super. card. I great love condition. It. Great, great condition. Be I'm a big fan of the set. I know it's hit or miss for some people. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I love the set as well, actually. Again, mid mid grade. Uh, it's not a PSA eight or nine or whatever. So it's those are all. I think those will probably always go up. Uh, those yeah. real high, like where you know it's crazy stuff because it's always even 30 years from now there's going to be buyers of those rare high grade vintage absolutely cards. But yeah. let's talk about cards where there's hundreds of or thousands of in a certain grade uh even of the all-time greats like like mantle and maze i i don't don't get me wrong they're never going to be worthless they're never going to be like no. junk wag <laughs> we're no. not saying that no. what we're saying is they may not go up forever because there is a feeling that even long long term like we're talking about these cards are always going to go up and I'd love for that to happen. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, if I had to bet on it, I would probably say there will be a point in time when those cards flatline and, and gradually yeah. come down a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm going to say again, we cannot underestimate the growth of digital. Um, currently, what we have is we have people looking at cards, maybe, you know, like Topps Bunt, which is some people say is horrible, but just looking at cards on their, on their phones. I collect. I do a little bit of top spun. I think I've collected like 550 modern cards for nothing, for for zero money. It's just there. Now, some of the you, I, I can see you're kind of not so happy. I talk about modern. I'm just. No, I'm trying, I, I like some modern. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to illustrate that um, there will come a cross section of people that will want to have their cards digitally shown up. You know, like if there's there's going to be new ways of projecting stuff on on walls or wherever and there are going to be people who are going to say yeah i'm going to have my collection i'm not going to use the word nft i don't want to use that but i've got my collection and i'm i feel like tonight i want to see this you know or you've got your 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 cave your man cave woman cave where you've got big screens only for display all around you and you know you have people coming around and what's it going to be tonight uh, you've got some great cards in your hand. I would appreciate coming to your place and having a look at your cards. But I know I've got a cross-section of people that appreciate coming to my basement and seeing the greats on the wall, you know, uh, in, in large format um, and, and saying, wow, that's, that's it, you know. And that brings some form of life for them. They may not want to collect the actual physical object, but they'll certainly like to see the digital. And I think that's going to come 
and people are going to start making choices in that respect. I've got a parallel, and it's um, with audio, with music. And if you're old enough to remember vinyl, of course you are. I know of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, vinyl. One of the things about vinyl, it used to be um, the, the sleeves that they come in. You know, the album art. Mm. That was a big, big deal. You know, what's it going to be? You know, you want to see. Yeah. And then eventually, as you know, we're now at the point where we just have songs on Spotify. We don't even know. We don't even have to look at what the, the graphic art is for that. You know, we're reduced to the music. And the music is also not as high quality in terms of um, megahertz and stuff as it was. So, you know, that's taken 30 years, 20, 30 years for that to happen. But now it's pretty normal that you buy an album or a song and you don't get any cover art. So this is a little bit of how I see it with, with physical cards and digital. It's going to take time, a long time, but there is going to be a generation of people, collectors, who are going to not want to have that card in their hand or that stack of graded cards in their hand unless they're really going to shows and, um, and you know, exchanging them and so on or using one of those products that I'm not going to talk about online for moving uh, cards back and forth. This is this is what I see things happening. I mean, no question that the time period we're talking about so far in the future, 20, 30 years, we can't even imagine what the world is going to look like. What's, what, I mean, it, it's just, it, in a way, it's crazy it's far ahead. But yeah, it, it, like, and there's no doubt there's going to be technological advances in sports yeah. cards and in everything. Um, but I think I, I, I like talking to other people about this because I know, I know me, I think. I think uh, even in 30 years, I'm still going to want to own these cards regardless, right? I will as well. I, I will, but, but I, I have to understand that not everyone's like me. And I might be in the minority with, with the way I think about these things. So yeah. I need to talk to other people and get a good feel for that because, you know, I, I have a lot of graded cards, okay? And I'm certainly going to, regardless of what happens with their prices and their values, I'm keeping some of them and I'm going to give them to my kids. Yes. Um, but, but there will be some cards that in 20 years, 25 years, who knows? Again, if I'm lucky to be here, that I will probably look to sell at that time period yeah. just because of the age I'll be at and the point in my life. And uh, maybe I'll want to retire and I could sell some cards and help with that process. So it's good. It, it, I like to think about it because. I need to plan in a way for it. Now, there's no way to know, but it's good. To, I like hearing your perspective on this because, um, you know, I have thought about there's certain cards in my collection, vintage cards that I like, but I'm thinking if I could get this for it in the next few years and then maybe, what, what if I wait 20 years and it's worth half, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe that's not the best decision for my family. So you got to really look at that the long term, too. Yeah, the optimization. Yeah, it's... I, I, I think um, I think the set mentality is part of that, where you even if you curate your own sets and find like-minded people who want to have something like that, um, that's that's one aspect. I'm I'm heavily into the art card, the new art card kind mm -hmm. of thing that Tops are doing. Um, I'm really into those sets, at least um, knowing about them and how they operate and so on, and maybe purchasing a few. I've done that. Um, what I'm finding is some people want to follow artists and it then trickles over for them saying, you know what, this artist has some great stuff, but I actually like that player. And then they want to go deep into that player and then it takes them into the vintage because, you know, a lot of people are, say, painting or 
creating a Clemente art card. And then they're thinking, you know what? I need to get more Clemente cards. And then they start looking back and they're thinking, oh man, I could get, you know, um, a Clemente rookie, but I, of course I can't buy one, but maybe I can get what you've, there we go. What's that, 60, what's that, 60? 69. 69, yeah, later one, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so even, even like me, I might say, um, you know, I like Clemente, I might say, you know what, I want to pick up a few Clemente cards that still say Bob Clemente. For instance, that's, yep, that's that's a Bob right here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it, it it's all it's like you know, you follow the history, um, and then you say, yeah, I want to I want to have that. Where can I get one? And of course, you're not going to buy them raw. You want to buy them if if they're getting old, you've got to get them graded, right? Buy the graded ones, which is where you say your collection starts to come in just right. You know, so I think of course later on. Um, 20, 30, 40 years time. No, I don't believe people are going to be trying to buy vintage uh, raw. There's no point. There's no yeah. point. And, 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 and we're speaking broadly. So people who watch this are going to go, oh, I know I will. We, we understand there's always going to be exceptions. Sure. Yeah. We're talking the majority, right? So yeah. there's, there's always going to be those exceptions. Now, the last last thing I wanted to touch on before I let you go, and I feel like we could definitely do a part two and a part three to this. Yeah. <laughs> but the last point, we've talked about the inner circle so far. We've talked about Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, Clemente, and those those inner circle guys, Babe Ruth, that I think we both agree, even in 30 years plus, will always have value. They'll, they yes. are a store value. We just don't know if we'll, it might not be as much value as they are right now in, in that yeah. far in the future. Now, let's talk briefly about that second tier because there's a lot of guys a lot of people that collect al k line oh, and carl yeah. yastrumski and ernie killer brew and those killer guys. brew i mean these are amazing hall hall of fame hall of fame all-time greats yeah but, absolutely yeah. and you could debate oh he was even better than mickey okay but we're talking about in the sports card hobby in the sports card hobby there's a second tier of guys that whether they have better stats than Mickey Mantle or not, they're just not regarded as that inner yes. circle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll let you go first as far as what do you see, same trajectory, long term. Do you see a similar trajectory as the inner circle or something different as far as, far as values of those? I, I've got a funny, I've got, I, you know, for all of these, I really see like um, all the cards. I think there's going to be something I, I shouldn't, I can't use my finger, but there'll be like, an upswing over time and then there'll be a gentle tail off and i think for the inner circle um that upswing that slow trajectory upswing the price keeps going up and up and up over time i think that will continue but for the second tier i think it will tail off much earlier and it will tail off for much longer and um it will only be it will be mainly like for instance if you're heavily into I don't know, is it Detroit has Al K line? Yeah, right. Detroit Tigers. Right. So if you're a Tigers fan, um, you know, whatever age, eventually you might say, I need to get that. This is part of the legacy. I've got to get some of those. So I think that um, and I mean we're talking about all the Hall of Famers, of course. I think there'll still will be people after those, um, especially if they realize they can't afford a Willie Mays. Right. You know, or or if they have, other, again, the set building mentality is going to be really important in the hobby. It always has been. But I think it's going to be even more important because 
those second tier guys, they're going to be important if you're building sets. I think they'll be less important otherwise. And set building does not seem to be something that, again, I don't know everyone, but yeah. from the vibe I get from the younger collectors, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them being that into set collecting. Uh, not as much as as much as guys in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. Right, because they didn't grow up doing that, you know, exactly. with, with with cards. You know, they got a pack of cards, and it was like, let's look for the foils or whatever, and the holos, and and so on. And right. maybe they have the heroes. They maybe get a few balls, but collecting a complete set of tops. I mean, you can go to your Walmart or Target and buy today. You know, the 2022 the complete set or the 2021 complete set for $100 or whatever. There you've got it, you know. Um, people aren't always reading the stats. This is a, another big thing. They're not reading the stats on the back of the cards. Right. You know, I picked right. up some some recent tops cards, you know, you know, when uh, the, the 2022 came out. I do look at the back. But, you know, if I talk to other people, they're only looking at the front. Um, whereas with vintage, the front, of course, is important. But the back... When you were a kid, I guess back then, they were looking at the at the backs and maybe playing games with those kind of things. That was important. So I think that that also makes a difference when you if you're going to build a set. You know, what was this person? Um, what did they mean, and so on. It's going to make a difference. So I believe the second tier is going to trail off um, after 10, 15 years, and maybe it's going to depend on what grades they are. But if you've got an Al K-Line um, and he's, you know, graded at a three or a four, what difference is it going to make to someone who just wants to pull the set? They might say, look, I'll take the four. And the price is not going to be a big difference. I agree. I think uh, kind of similar. The, the card itself, so the uh, a couple others, Frank Robinson, Eddie Matthews, yeah. those are all-time greats, unbelievable yeah. players, but they're second tier in the hobby right now. Yeah, And I think... Now, their rookie cards, maybe they hold their value over 10, 15, 20 years, certain cards in certain sets. Yeah. Uh, but like a, a Frank Robinson fifth-year card, uh, Eddie Matthews seventh-year card, they're worth whatever they're worth now. Uh, yes, if it's a PSA 9, that's always probably – it might that might even go up, right, over 30 years because it's, it's so rare, okay? But a PSA 3 or a 4 or a 5 of a Frank Robinson fifth-year card? No. Nope. I don't see the demand being more than it is right now, or maybe in the, you know, over the next few years, I could, I could see vintage of all, all the sector going up still, because it has been growing. That trend will continue. But like you're saying, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, I think that second tier is going to decline even at a more severe rate than yeah. the inner. Yeah. That tail's going to tail off quickly. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think also, the idea of um, buying for investment um, is going to change as well over the next years. As I mean, of course, people with vintage often buy for pleasure, but also for investment. I mean, even you just mentioned thinking about how you should optimize your portfolio um, over time. You know, and your and I call that the emotional engagement and attachment to to the to the cards. You know. That changes. But there are many people who come in and are saying, I'm looking to invest. And, uh, you know, when they see some of the prices of vintage at the top, they're like, they can't do it. So they try to see what else could I buy? But I think when they try to go lower tier over the next 10 years, they're going to find that they're not going to get as huge returns um, as they might have liked. And certainly not the returns that they want for their kids in 30 years time. 
Yeah. So and, and that and that's the key. If you're if you're a collector and you, I heard, have heard people say, I don't care about the values. I'm taking these to the grave. I don't care if they go down in price. Okay, that's totally fine. I, I personally, I don't invest. Uh, I don't buy the cards that I've bought over the last several years because I thought, oh, it's going to be worth this in yeah. 10 years. I just bought them because I loved them. But I do have to think about, you know, there's, again, I've built up a pretty big collection. Those cards that I probably will sell at some point, you got to think, you know, is am I best holding them for five years, maybe 10 years? Do I want to hold them if I live another 30, 40 years? Yeah, exactly. So those, that's why I bring that up because I think people, they don't always want to talk about it because it's sometimes it's frowned upon when yeah. you're not 100% you talk when you talk invest or even mention the word, but for some people it's both. It is a, a hobby and they love collecting, but it's also something that they look at as a long-term investment that they will look to sell. Maybe not everything, but some of the cards uh, down the road. I think um, you know. I, I doubt. I don't know whether I'll be on your show ever again. Oh, uh, yes, I hope so. What I would say is um, invest. Um, I've also in the past uh, eight years had some problems with the word invest. Um, but you wouldn't believe it. I used to work in banking for many, many years. So, you know, I shouldn't have any problem with the word invest because <laughs> return on investment was a, a real thing. So ROI, ROI is a big deal and, and the timeframes and all of these other factors. So I think it's, a, especially now, it's a very, very valid point about um, cards or vintage. And I would class vintage, you know, you can also say to someone, look, do you collect wine or do you collect vintage cars or do you you know those people it's not only for the love it's also um with you know a longer term view of investment and um some vintage cars definitely fall into that that class and it shouldn't be a kind of a dirty word to say invest but it's the thing is it's not that all vintage cards fall into that and that's where the gap kind of falls into play you know as well so that's 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 another subject, uh, another box, Pandora's box to open. But it's part of the hobby, and certainly for vintage, it's, it's there. Well, Ed, I would love to have you back on in the future, absolutely, hopefully multiple times to talk more about this. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for joining me today and taking some time out of your day. Thank you. And um, again, I'll be in touch, and hopefully we can do this again. Sure, sure. It's been my pleasure. And I also learn a lot when I speak as well with, with yeah. you. So it's great. And the passion, you know, hey, we're here for the cards as well as other things. So my pleasure to join you. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Ed. Cheers. Bye now.